Hey everybody, it's Ron Johnson and this is Locked On Sports Minnesota and it's Friday. The sun's not out yet, but it's coming out. But either way, we have to get this roundtable going. Again, I'm Ron Johnson. I got Reggie Wilson from CARE 11. Also, Julia Daniels joining us from CARE 11. There's no cat. We haven't seen the cat just yet. But then we have Sam Ekstrom, of course, the producer that does it all. And we got to get locked in on today's topic. So what, what you got for us, Julia? All right. We'll talk about the Vikings will get their first win if we got a few takes for you. And speaking of Vikings, FanDuel offering you like hundreds of ways to wager on Vikings Chargers. We've got our locks for Sunday's game. Not so fast, Twins fans. You're not going to just clinch without winning a game first. You can't clinch on your day off. We're talking about the Twins. Magic number at one. You clinched on your day off? How are you going <laughs> to clinch on your day off? <laughs> but gophers are traveling northwestern i've been there numerous times it's extremely boring so is this 11.5 point favorite doable or is this gonna be another one of those gopher games where everybody's sitting to the last minute right before the postcast and want everybody to know today's episode is brought to you by jace medical empower yourself when you purchase a jace case providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections get yours today at jace medical.com that's j-a-s-e medical.com well it's time to get into the show people we got a lot of topics we got to talk about i mean they're gonna be popping champagne gophers are gonna be laying money down on FanDuel. not the gophers probably the iowa hawkeyes because they like to cheat but we got to start off with you julia what you got for us all right let's talk about the vikings oh and two at the start of the season they got the chargers coming in on sunday what do they have to do to get their first win of the 2023 season well, I think it's pretty obvious, and we've talked about it after every single one of these games. Don't turn the ball over. That's how you win this first game. They've all been within one possession, one score. Um, KOC said earlier this week they were willing to break the bank on internet fines that would help them work on ball security. So they've just got to hold on to the ball for the most part. O-line's got to be a little bit better, but number one thing has to be hold on to the ball. Do not turn it over. Mm. Yeah, the Vikings are what? Minus six in the take give, and they still have almost won a couple games. The Chargers, on the other hand, they have yet to turn the ball over, and they have almost won a couple games. They've lost by two. They lost in overtime. So there's got to be some regression going on here. The Chargers are due to give the ball away a couple times. Vikings, I think, are due to protect the ball for once. But I got a couple other specific requests for the Minnesota Vikings. Khalil Mack, remember him? He's off to a really good start for the Chargers this year. Vikings are very familiar with how he can wreck games from when he was with the Bears. Christian Derrissaw, I'm guessing he's going to be questionable for this game. I'm assuming he plays. He needs to hold Khalil Mack to three pressures or less. You got to keep him out of the backfield, please. Secondly, the Vikings need to average four yards per carry. I'm not asking for a lot. You're averaging 2.7 yards per carry so far this year. The run game is in shambles. You got Cam Akers, maybe he plays. Average four yards per carry and stay on schedule. That's how the offense will hold the time of possession, avoid those short drives, move the football. That's all I'm asking. Mm. They got to start fast. Remember last year they started the game you know, that first scripted drive, and they scored a touchdown. We haven't seen that yet this year. I think we should 
see a little bit more like aggressive nature to start. Like they need to play like their hair is on fire. And also I think they need to get the ball into their playmakers hands early and often. I think too many times they've like started to play from behind and Kirk Cousins is throwing it all over the field and, and all that. They haven't played from a position of strength at all this season. So I think, you know, get the ball in JJ's hands, get the ball in Addison's hands, Osborne, Hawkinson, let them work, move the chains. And also, like, the, the defense has also said this um, numerous times, they need to get some turnovers. They haven't seen very many this year, but the offense has been doing enough of that for the whole team so far, uh, contributing to those two losses. So force some turnovers, get some pressure on Herbert because the dude is is one of the best in the league. So got to be able to keep up with the high-powered offense um, from L.A. I'm going to go with uh, – Julia took my take. I was going to go turnovers because uh, I, I totally agree with that. When you look at the Minnesota – and I have a stat to back Julia's up, and then I'm going I'm to expound on it a little bit. When you look at the Minnesota Vikings the last two seasons, last year and this year, the first two games, they had no fumbles lost in the first two games last year. They did have an INT, but they had no fumbles lost. This year, I think they're already at like three. So the problem is turning the ball over. That's one. But here's where I'll go deeper in this. I don't know if Alexander Madison has the right offensive line sets to run the ball. But in that same span in these two games, the Minnesota Vikings were a little bit more balanced. I think they were like out of 100. And it's on first and second down. I'm going first and second down only. They had about 60 runs. Sorry, passes. And about 35 to 38 runs on first and second down. This year, 80 to 24. That's a huge, like people are like, oh, that's that's not much. That's a big difference when you're talking about almost 18 carries difference on first and second down in the first two games compared to this year and last year. So one, three and outs. Way too many because you just throw, 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 throw. All right, let's punt the ball. Also, there's no there's no secret to your play action if you're not actually running the ball. So my thought, the Vikings win if they can establish the run. Not like you don't got to run it 50-50. B.J. Fleck talks about that. Just run it good enough so that, like Reggie said, Khalil Mack doesn't get to just pin his ears back and kill you as well as Bosa. There's another threat over there on the other side. Uh, when they line up on the same side, just call timeout and uh, say, can we just punt instead of throwing it with these two guys <laughs> over there? Or just, like Kirk, just run away from them. Just go the other way. But when you think about this team and, and what the Vikings need to do, they need to establish some type of run. Because eight carries, nine carries, six, that's not going to get it done against this Chargers defense. But now it's time to move on to my favorite part, the bet part, because uh, this is when we get to get the people paid. Sam, what you got? Yeah, I've been scanning the bets. I'm looking at the props, and I've got one that I think is pretty juicy. I'm looking at a wide receiver yardage over unders. Mm. Jordan Addison has two of the Vikings' three longest receptions this year, 39-yard touchdown, 62-yard touchdown. I am expecting a snap increase for Jordan Addison this week. I think he gets up there to 50 snaps because they've shown how dangerous he can be when he's on the field. He can take the top off the defense once per game. And that's all it takes to hit the over on Jordan Addison, 49.5 yards. I am taking the over on Addison. I think he plays a little more. I think he gets a little more work. 
Uh, nothing against KJ Osborne. I just think that Jordan Addison has shown how dangerous he can be, and all it takes is one. So mm. one one big play, that's going to get it done. Jordan Addison is going to get 50 yards and cash the over. Reggie. So this is probably just the easiest one I can do, but <laughs> <laughs> Justice Jefferson has not scored a touchdown this season. You know, it was a tragic in week two. He almost had that touchdown, and then womp, womp, the ball goes out of the end zone, and we know what happened We don't talk there. about that. Okay, okay. We're, we're done with that? We're, it's in the past? Okay, okay. Um, Justin Jefferson, anytime touchdown scorer. I'm I'm going there. I'm going there. He's due. He's he's seen Addison score touchdowns the first two weeks, and he's just like, hold on, man. I haven't gotten a gritty yet. Like, I've seen Addison do a couple dances that are, are questionable, you know, not really selling it. So it is my turn. So I think, um, you know, Osborne has gotten in on it. Like, it's time. It's his time. And so I think uh, we see a gritty. I think, actually, we may see multiple gritties on Sunday. Mm. I love how Jalen Naylor is an option to bet for the touchdown score. Oh, he's okay. On IR. Yeah, he's mm. literally on injured reserve, but you can still bet him. That is, he could he can uh, score touchdowns on the sidelines, or there you, you can go. throw your money away and light it on fire if you want to. Maybe they mean on Madden. He's going to score a touchdown playing Madden. Hmm. Julia, I'm going with the same bet. Um, but I I got two guys that I would say would be easy money. Jordan Addison, every single time he talked, I mean, he's had a touchdown in each game this season. Every time he talked to anybody in the locker room about him, it's nothing but good praise and just a little bit of constructive criticism that he seems to take really well. He seems to learn well. He seems to be worth the money. Um, I would say Jordan Addison, good bet for any time touchdown score. Also, I would say Alexander Madison, because if anybody has anybody anything to prove this week, I would say it's him. They bring in another running back. He's had a really tough time, as as we know, the, after this past game. I would say if anybody is or should be fired up about this week in particular, it would be him. So I'd put money on him too. So Sam knows I love to do these. I'm going with the same game parlay. This one is a bit – it's a reach – it's plus 2,817, 2,817. Here's my prop bet. Same game parlay. Curtis Cousins, 300-plus passing yards. Justin Herbert, 300-plus passing yards. Justin Jefferson, 110-plus receiving yards. And then Keenan Allen and TJ Hawkinson, any time touchdown scores. For people that want to try that one, it only takes you 10 bucks to win a lot of money. But 2,800, you know, I will say this. You can drop off the Kirk Cousins because I tried this one too. You can drop Kirk Cousins and, and, uh, J and Justin Herbert down to uh, plus 250, which is probably a little bit more doable. Uh, but hey, it's 10 bucks. If you want to win big money, why not go after it? But I would say they're both going to have over 250 yards passing. I think Justin Jefferson will have over 110. And I think Keenan Allen and TJ Hawkinson are anytime TD scores. Uh, the reason for the Justin Jefferson one, by the way, people, I don't know if you saw Tariq Hill, what he did to the Chargers, but he went off. 
And so the Chargers defense is fundamentally, there's some things missing there. And I think Justin Jefferson can exploit it because he's going to be the move around guy. And that's what Tyreek Hill was for the Dolphins. And he ate them alive because for some reason, the nickel, they like to give the slot guy a little bit of a cushion. Good luck giving that to Justin Jefferson. Uh, and, well, I know Tyreek Hill scares him, though. He's super fast and he's scary. But Justin Jefferson, he still can hurt you, too. Well, we got to move on. Now, the twins, we talked about champagne, uh, putting sunglasses. I got cigars over here. Uh, the twins do win. Everybody, tonight, Friday night, have a little cigar, have some champagne. Enjoy the fact that you're twins because I've been, I've been holding back. I've been so like scorned by sports teams and put my faith in them. And then they hurt me like the Vikings. They went 13 and four. They hurt me. The Minneapolis miracle. They turned around and hurt me. So it's tough for me to like get behind a team like the, the, the Timberwolves brought in Rudy Gobert. And I thought they were about to be the twin towers. And then look what that turned out to be. Uh, Patrick Beverly cried after they won the playing game. And then look what happened next. So it's tough. But the Twins are going to be in the playoffs, people, if they win tonight. So pop that champagne. Before we talk about that, because Julia Daniels and uh, Reggie Wilson have some stuff to share about this Twins clincher, we have a word from our sponsors. Let me talk to you about readiness, about preparedness. You know, the seasons are changing. We're going into the winter. And, you know, along with the snow comes the viruses. You've got kids bringing stuff home from daycare. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. But you're getting more more sick. Stuff's going around. You want to be prepared because you don't know when you're going to need uh, emergency care. And the Jace case from Jace Medical empowers you and your loved ones to have care for when the unexpected hits. They provide five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use, give you peace of mind. So you're not just hoping you have access to medication. You have access to medication guaranteed with the Jace case. Uh, they're simple. It's very simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. So you don't get caught unprepared, save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace medical, plus an additional $20 off by using code locked on at checkout at jacemedical.com. J A S E medical.com promo code locked on. And by the way, people, if you want to remove Justin Herbert and Kirk Cousins for those like, man, that's ridiculous, 300 plus, you just remove them, still plus 1,100. That's uh, Justin Jefferson, 110 plus yards, Keenan Allen and TJ Hawkins and touchdown scores. It's plus 1,173. So still a good one out there. And uh, I think one of you guys did say that Justin Jefferson is bound to score because he hasn't scored yet. So you might want to throw that one in there too. 110 yards and a Justin Jefferson score takes you back up to plus 2,000. Hey, I'm just trying to help you guys out. But now <laughs> it's time to move on to the Twins. Reggie, take it away. You know, we, we talk a lot about betting for a place where you can't leave. <laughs> I know. You got to drive to the sign. Right when it says, welcome to Iowa, I've done it. It, <laughs> it clicks on right there. Like right about there, it clicks. So you just got to go about an hour and 40 minutes, and then boom, you're good to go. <laughs> you know what? Like little trip. I, I, my daughter has two softball games, too, so I, I can't okay. wait because she has two softball games in I or uh, tournaments oh, right in Iowa <laughs> this fall. Uh, she's also going to South Dakota October 2nd. I haven't looked to see if South Dakota's <laughs> on that list, but she's going to South Dakota uh, October 7th. So <laughs> I got time. So what's interesting is uh, we had the Vikings Extra on Sunday, and we had several people. We do a segment called Take 11 where people summarize the game in 11 words, 
And for the first time since I've been at CARE 11 and we've been doing Vikings Extra, people were saying that they were more excited about the Twins than they were about the Vikings. And I was like, what? And, you know, I was here last year when they blew the the big lead that they had and, and let the Guardians come in and take their lunch money like Debo. And now they are one game away from clinching this thing, popping champagne, just messing up. Dry cleaner bill out the roof, you know, like just messing everybody's clothes up. But what's interesting is <laughs> it, it can't be just easy. There were so many people like, oh, my God, tonight we could do it. Here we go. And last night it was just like they needed two losses and both teams won. And you're like, oh, okay. And so, I mean, it's it's just like the Twins, though. It's like they got to earn it. And it's just funny, man. Like, everything seems to be setting up for them to go ahead and win this game and clinch it tonight. But I don't know if I've just been here for too long. I'm just like, I don't know. Like, tonight would be like a night where everybody's, like, excited and then they come out and lay an egg. And I'm not trying to be, like, negative about it. But, like, I don't know. I think, you know, we've made the analogy before, you know, that that girlfriend is like, come on, baby, take me back. And you're like, no, 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 we've been through this. Mm -mm, I'm not doing it. She's like, but I've changed. And you're like, okay, let's do it. And then she breaks your heart again. And so I think a lot of fans, everything that Ron said before he kicked it to me was everything that I have witnessed about twins, <laughs> Minnesota, in general, fandom, people are just always waiting for the other shoe to drop. And it's like this year, they may avoid the Yankees in that first playoff series, but, mm -hmm. you know, even even still, people are like, man, I don't know. Is this the year? I don't know. And we've seen flashes of, of things where you're like, oh, this Twins team, I don't know. They may be cooking with something. The pitching is is pretty good this year. You know, they they've managed to keep the bats hot, even without guys like Byron Buxton. Uh, guys like Joey Gallo regressing back to Joey Gallo and and all these all these other variables where you're like, okay, I don't know. But now you're like, oh, Correa's got the foot injury. And now Royce is dealing with the hamstring. You're like, dang, like, I don't know. I don't trust it. You know, to me, like the clinching is gonna happen. Like that, that's something that we're not really too worried about. If it doesn't happen today, it'll happen this weekend at some point. You would hope anyway. I hope I just didn't give them like the kiss of death. But I think when you kind of look ahead to what to maybe expect from the playoffs, like it's been a long time since they've won a series. This is a good year as any to do it. But I'm just I don't know. There's still just this like apprehension in my spirit. Like I feel it in my spirit. I don't know if the, the Minnesota sports fandom has just kind of come and overtaken my being, but. Everything that Ron said is like, I, I feel it. I feel it. I feel the tension. <laughs> There's angels in the outfield. I'll say that. Never, it's never, ever, ever over. The Cleveland Guardians, you never know. They might have something in the locker room trying to get. The no, it's over. Uh, Julia, what you <laughs> Well, there is, Reggie's right. There is a possibility um, that they don't win the division. I think. Oh, my goodness. Correct me if I'm wrong. They have to lose 
the lot these last nine games and Cleveland and Detroit both have to win these next nine games. And then the twins would lose the tiebreaker. Everyone would be 81 and 81. I think oh would lose gosh. the tiebreaker because they're six and seven against Cleveland and five and eight against Detroit. So <laughs> there is, you're right. Wow. Pessimism here. Oh, um, man. I would love to see it just to for mutual destruction. Like just so we can have the biggest meltdown on ESPN oh, and no. history of like, it'd be baseball. epic. Well, if you're betting on anything, maybe bet on that. Um, but I also would say th- this year in particular, the injury hiding has has been a big part of the little injury bug that they've dealt with this year. And I would say now is, I mean, if they win tonight, then for sure, but get the rehab you need and these last games of the season before the playoffs start, everyone stay healthy, be honest, you know, tell your trainers when you're not feeling great, because that's been something with Royce, it's been something with Joe Ryan that we've seen. So now is is the time because chances are they'll you know they'll be in the postseason you know you know what I'm talking about but uh, yeah I would say that that's my that would be my biggest concern right now is like you know you already have like Reggie said Correa and Buck and Royce dealing with this hamstring thing so if there's a problem maybe bring it up now to your guys and let them know so that you can fix it before crunch time really hits. Yeah, as far as the clinching goes, I love the way this worked out. I love that they didn't clinch last night because now you get to do something really fun. You have a chance to go out there in the ninth inning. Jawan Duran can can come out with the, the fire intro, and he can come out here and strike someone out, and you can clinch the division on your field in front of your fans with a win. You can pile on everybody on the mound. It can be really, really fun, a good moment for your fans. That's going to be going to be awesome this weekend. Um my bigger question, like just holistically, is should fans really feel proud about this division championship? Because you're in one of the worst divisions in baseball history. Now, with a win, I will say this with a win tonight, the Twins would clinch a winning record for the season. So that's something. They won't have a losing record and win the division. Um, but consider this they've got the seventh best record since the All Star break. Since the All-Star break, they are ninth in batting average, fourth in on-base percentage, fifth in OPS. If they were in NL, they'd be a wildcard team. And as it is, they'd only be three games back of an AL wildcard spot if that was their situation. So they are definitely, they have earned the right to be considered a playoff team. I don't think there's there's a need for asterisks here. The Twins turned it on in the second half of the season, and they are absolutely playing playoff caliber baseball. So I'm all optimism. I am. It's the Michael Scott meme. I am ready to get hurt again. Well, I'm going to be quick with mine. My thought about the Twins is this, and I've said it numerous times. My my baseball knowledge, I really lean on softball. I think both are similar in how they get going. You watch the Oklahoma Sooners uh, when they they play in the championship versus Florida State. You watch them versus Tennessee. A lot of these teams – I mean, Tennessee, by the way, people, if you haven't seen her, she's a sophomore this year. She was a freshman last year. She hit 76 on the radar gun from 43 feet. So that's like the equivalent to a baseball player throwing like 112 miles an hour. So if you ever want to see something stupid fast, watch Tennessee softball this year. That young lady can throw absolute gasoline. Um, But where I go with this is Oklahoma, uh, even though they had Jordy Ball, she's now moved on to Nebraska. Oh, my God, we got to deal with her in the Big Ten. But 
Oklahoma had numerous hitters after hitters after hitters, and that's why Oklahoma was so good. People could not understand why Oklahoma's unbeatable. It's the hitting, and I think the Twins is the same thing. When you have guys that are putting the bat on the ball, they're putting it in play, they're making things happen, they're hitting spots, they're playing. I mean, small ball's kind of gone away, but they're willing to sacrifice bunt when they need it to move a run. Like, that's how you get that momentum as an all-team game. And then you just hope you give your pitchers confidence. When they're going – when you're a pitcher and you're going into, like, the sixth inning and it's 0-0, that starts to get a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure because you're like, man, okay, let me just not screw this up because my defense is playing well. Uh, both pitchers are dueling. Both defenses are playing. Let me not be the pitcher to screw it up. But if you go into the sixth inning and maybe you're up 3 nothing. You have a little bit more of a cushion. You feel a little bit more relaxed. You're throwing the pitches. You're hitting spots. I think that's going to be the key for this team is whose bat is going to come alive. And then I think one of you guys brought it up, injuries. Who can stay healthy? Because I feel like we're one slip and fall down the stairs of a dugout. Like not even on the field, her. It's going to be like so-and-so slipped on champagne tonight, and he's out for the rest of the season. Uh, like walking That's the, down the new the Jane McDaniel's wall punch. Someone's gonna <laughs> do something stupid right before the playoffs. I forgot about that one. Yeah, like I mean, yeah, just 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 don't spray the champagne on the stairs, people. Like get get take your shoes off, go barefoot down. You know, like don't slide, don't do anything crazy, don't pile up to where you break your pitcher's arm or you break somebody's ankle because the pile is too heavy. Um, but I will say this about the bets. By the uh, before we jump into the uh, the last topic about the Gophers, here's the bets. Um, plus 1800 for them to make the world series is the twins, um, to win. This is the thing. They don't even have like series winners and league winners and all that. Cause they have a bunch of props, uh, to be a league winner. The twins are plus 700. They're the fourth best option right now to win their league. So the American league, they are the fourth best in the American league. And so we look ahead of them, Baltimore Orioles, Houston Astros, Tampa Bay Rays. That's the question. Can they beat one of those teams? Division winners. They're not even giving you a chance to bet on the Twins right now. They already have them clinched as a division. You can't even bet. Even if you want to make a stupid bet and bet like a million dollars just to win $100, you can't even do that right now because they're like the Twins are going to win. So that's what's scary about this is so many people have put faith in the Twins on this FanDuel app, when you look at the betters and league winners, because of the numbers coming in, plus 700, if you want to put some money down, if you want to put 10 bucks down on your twins to win the uh, American League, it's a daunting task because I think Sam bought it up. They're they're not in the best, but they're not the worst. And they might have a winning record if they can win. And, and they might win a couple, not just tonight. They might win a couple going down the stretch. Uh, one quick one before we get, get into the Gophers, though, going around the table, talking about injury uh, really quick. If you were the Twins and you clinched tonight, are you worried about winning the rest of these games? Or are you worried about letting guys rest and get healthy for the playoffs? Julia? I let them rest, get healthy. Sam? Yeah, I mean, it's a little tantalizing to try to catch Houston for that two seed, but it's so unlikely that I, I think you got to just take it easy, get your rotation in order, and uh, you're going to win a lot of these games anyway because you're playing some of the worst teams in baseball. So, yeah, just worry about your health. Reggie. Yeah, get the health together. Um, I am a little concerned about Correa. These plantar fascia injuries are just not fun. And, I mean, if he's saying he felt a pop in his left heel, um, just fielding, it's just like, um, that's not that's <laughs> not great. Especially, you know, a guy who feels the position as well as he does as well. Like, 
I'm a little concerned. So they put him on the 10 day, but like, you know, you want to see some momentum from the bats going into the postseason, but he's a dude that I'm just like, man, just, I mean, he's, he's been there before. He knows how to play postseason baseball, just like get him as, as rested and as healthy as possible and, and see what happens. That's what I'm. I'm a. I'm a fan of old momentum. I don't know if anybody's seen that movie with uh, rest in rest in peace to uh, pops. Uh, but you know when, when he talks about that um, momentum, it's it's one of those things. Like you you do want to see the guys going into the playoffs with confidence and not coming off like an eight game losing streak of just absolute like terribleness. Uh, but when you look at the Astros, like Sam said, to try to catch them, <clears throat> they have the Royals. They have the Mariners, and then they have the Diamondbacks. And so that four-game lead they have right now ahead of the Twins for that two-seed, that is a tough task to try to say we need to win at least six to seven and hope they lose four. And that's a lot to ask of a team. Carlos Correa is a shortstop. You got to be extremely mobile, extremely quick, and right. If he felt a pop in that heel, I hate to say it, I'm feeling like Marcus Davenport sometimes because, like, that's another one. Like, Marcus Davenport – Still on the um, yeah, I'm not gonna talk about that. All right, <laughs> it's sad, it's, it's too sad, sad, sad clown eyes. Like, just mm. put on the music. Like, what's going on in Minnesota, people? Really quick bonus question uh, a little bit more Minnesota Vikings before we jump into the uh, the Gophers one last one. But that man, like, I, I just bought that up. I, I want to talk about that really quick. Uh, Marcus Davenport was supposed to be a big piece of this offense. When you see that number zero on the field for a lot of teams, it means you got something special. Uh, he continues to show up on this injury report. At what point are the Vikings just going to be honest about the injury? Because we've seen this so often uh, with this franchise where they just string us along. And then all of a sudden they're like, look, yeah, he's out for two months now. Um, it's worse than we thought. The high ankle sprain, blah, blah. Uh, Julia. Um. I will say he they they let him talk to media yesterday for a while in the locker room. I don't know exactly what was said, but uh honestly I don't know. He he was walking around fine yesterday. Obviously wasn't out there or anything, but um we'll, it, it's one of those things we're just going to have to wait it out and see because they're that's how the Vikings are. They're not going to tell us anything. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've noticed a trend developing with the Vikings and injuries. They tend to err on the overly optimistic side. Mm -hmm. They did this with Jalen Naylor. They did this with Kenne, right? Like, and then they turned out to have IR worthy injuries or serious injuries where it kept them out for a long time. And uh, yeah, with Davenport too. I mean, they were talking about they hoped he could play Week One. They hoped he could play Week Two, and it's just hard to believe them now with setting these unrealistic timelines. Now, the fact that they haven't IR'd him tells you that they must have some realistic optimism that he'll be back within four weeks because that's the the amount of time the IR is, right? Um, I thought he was going to have a huge impact on this team. I was so excited. I thought he had a good camp. And then to get hurt the final practice before the regular season, so disappointing because that's an injury that could slow him down. Even when he is on the field, with an, an ankle that you can't fully trust, that's going to be tough for him to be his true self. So I'm pretty disappointed. It's tough because um, I brought it up to uh, Ahmad and Gabe. Like, Quasi is trending on Twitter every day. 
like every day. And some of these things I feel like are just out of his control. And this Davenport thing is the same. Like he took a calculated risk last year signing Zadarius Smith coming off that big injury to his back. And Zadarius paid off. I mean, he got a bag going to Cleveland. That's great. I think he tried the same calculated risk with Davenport this year to see, like, hey, he's an oft-injured guy, maybe hadn't played up to his potential just yet, sign him to a one-year prove-it deal, and let him rip. And it was trending, trending well. It's just last few practices before the first game, and you tweak the ankle, and you're just like, come on. And then now you're like, well, I mean, that was the thing. That was the knock on him anyway. He's already off the injured, so here we go again. And I just feel like it's super unfortunate, one, for the Vikings, but more importantly, super unfortunate for him because I'm sure he was really, really ready to come in, prove it. You know, he had a half a sack last year, all season. I'm sure he was ready to come in and do his thing earn a, another contract to take care of his family, and now he's being bugged by yet another injury. It's just unfortunate all the way around. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I just think I know players, I've been there, players don't want to be hurt, but it's just one of those things sometimes uh, you kind of got to be honest and get the pieces in there uh, that you need. Uh, but before we jump into this Gophers topic, we got to talk about the Gophers. Eight and a half point favorites, or no, sorry, 11 and a half point favorites. Um, over Northwestern, and Northwestern can be boring. What do the Gophers need to do? Do they cover? Before we do that, we have a read. Yeah, let me tell you about FanDuel. We've been talking about it a lot already on this show. It's a great place to wager college football or the National Football League, and new customers can bet at America's number one sports book and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed with a simple $5 wager. $200 free dollars into your account, win or lose, guaranteed, with a simple $5 wager. And there are so many ways to wager. We're talking like hundreds of ways on every NFL game coming up this Sunday. Check it out on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Spreads, player props, over-unders, futures, alternate lines, so much more. FanDuel.com slash locked on or the FanDuel Sportsbook app and bet the NFL in style. FanDuel, an official partner of the National Football League. Well, it's time to jump into this uh, Golden Gopher versus Northwestern conversation. We know Pat Fitzgerald is no longer at Northwestern. Uh, they've had their own issues. They are one and two. Gophers are two and one coming off a loss to North Carolina. Here's the thing about the Gophers. We know Darius, Darius Taylor is a legit weapon. P.J. Flex said, I asked him, do you want him to be RB1? Without kind of saying it, but he said it, he said he deserves to get more carry. So in my opinion, that's not, and he said Sean Tyler's not out, but he said Darius Taylor deserves more carries. If this team can establish the run and just run the ball down their throats, knowing they have a guy in Brevin Spanford, I asked him about Brevin Spanford. Everybody's been waiting for him to be the guy. PJ Flex said, I'm waiting for him to be the guy. And so there's some things Brevin Spanford probably has to get figured out on the field. It sounds easy when you're 6'7, 260 pounds, but it's not. So the Gophers should win this. There should not be a close game. They should be the bully. When you look at this offensive line uh, from Ariante Ursary all the way down to Nathan Bow. This is an offensive line that can really control the line of scrimmage. I went back and watched the North Carolina game last night. 
And the Gophers actually, it was 13 to 21 up until Ethan Kelly Manis had to go out for a little bit. And your boy Cole Kramer walked in and went YOLO and threw a Hail Mary, two defenders on one receiver. Like, I don't know what his thoughts were. I know he probably was like, this is my one shining moment. Uncle Rico, I never get a chance. And when the game matters, I'm about to be a hero. And he threw that thing not out the back of the end zone, but to the only guy back there that could catch it, which was the defensive back. If he actually just controls himself, maybe they just have to punt. Maybe he dumps it off and Darius Taylor gets a run. If he just controls himself, he doesn't give the ball back at that moment. They had a chance maybe to even get a long field goal, 16 to 21. It's still in their hands. He completely just lost his mind at the end of the game. So I feel like the Gophers in situations like that, that's one of those where we can look back and say, you know, 13 to 21 in the third quarter, Gophers driving. Nathan Kelly Manis had just got a first down, but his knee brace did something weird in that turf and that grass. Um, they probably have a chance to make it a little bit more competitive. Uh, but then we know what happened with North Carolina. When you look at North Carolina, and I'm going to break it down on the pregame show tomorrow for the Gophers, there's four plays that I really think the Gophers defense can hit on when you look at Northwestern. Northwestern has a quarterback that can run. Drake May can run, but he's not a runner. They rush past him too many times, way too excited about the rush and the blitz, and they let Drake May, out, Drake May out the pocket. You keep this kid in the pocket for Northwestern, you can win this game. He's beat teams with his legs, not with his arm. They've only won one game. Uh, last year, they absolutely were terrible. This is why Pat Fitzgerald, not the only reason why he's gone. There was a bigger reason why he's gone. Um, but I think for the Gophers to win this game, one, just let Darius Taylor do what he does. He's been the Big Ten freshman of the week two weeks in a row. This kid is legit. I think the Gophers win this by 14. Uh, let's go 13 points. What do you think, Sam? Yeah, uh, Northwestern's played two serious teams, uh, Rutgers and Duke, and they were not competitive in either of them. Uh, the Rutgers game finished 24-7, and it was 24 nothing until Northwestern got a garbage time touchdown with like a couple seconds left. The Duke game was 38-7, to and then another garbage time touchdown uh, to make it 38-14. So basically, they've scored one touchdown in those two games before you know the third-string defense was on the field. The offense is not going to run the ball well. It's not going to move the ball really at all. So the only way that you would let Northwestern in this game is if your offense catches catches the the fumble bug from the Vikings across town and they uh, and they start giving it away. That's the only if your offense plays you out of the game and gives Northwestern opportunities. I could see something crazy happening, but your defense, this Gophers defense, should should hold Northwestern to maximum fourteen points, and that's maximum. Uh, Tyus Jones, we just want you to know that we we trust that Duke is serious. We don't believe in everything Sam says. Um, <laughs> I said they were serious. I said they played too serious. The, this unserious team was UTEP. Oh, okay. I said okay. they're serious. <laughs> I thought that was a joke. Because no. Rutgers, I would not put Rutgers in the serious conversation. Well, they're a conference opponent. Yeah, okay. I, I'll, I'll throw them a bone. Duke's okay. ra- Duke is ranked. They're, That's what I'm saying. Duke is good. That's what I thought. Like in my mind, I'm sorry. I thought like I don't. I don't truly believe Rutgers belongs in the Big Ten for football. So that's why I just like Rutgers and serious football never like. I still, I still can't believe it. Just yeah, yet. oxymoron. Yeah, yeah. Like UTEP, right? I would have put UTEP in uh, what you call it over there. I would have put Duke by themselves. That's why I was like, I thought you were trying to be funny. So my bad. Mm. <laughs> you call a Rucker serious on a Friday, man? With a straight face, I <laughs> called Rucker serious. Yeah. Wow, Rutgers is excited. Did did Greg Schiano pay you? What what's going on now? Like, 
Let's see how Rut. Hey, what's Rutgers' record, Ron? I don't even know, to be honest. They're three and zero. They've beaten Northwestern, Temple, and Virginia Tech. Wow. Okay. It's pretty okay. serious stuff. Ah, <sighs> just I just can't do it with Rutgers. I just can't. Sorry, Reggie. What you think? Yeah, I, I'm not buying the Rutgers either. It's funny, you know they they hired Greg Schiano, who is a very serious football coach. You know, bringing him back into the fold, and he hasn't really been able to capture that magic from the first time when he was there at Rutgers. But um, I am waiting on the Gophers to just have a game, like. One of those like flashy, like eighth in throws for 250, 300 yards, like multiple touchdowns, run game, cooking. Like, I'm waiting on them to have a game where they beat a team by like 30. Like, can we see that? Like, we've seen some pretty, like, some pretty good snooze fest, like, some pretty good games to take a nap on the last, you know, couple weeks, even, even with a win being in there. I think this would be the game that we would see. Like, I'm still waiting to see. Like, there are flashes that Ethan shows where you're like, there's something there. Like, okay. But, like, we still haven't seen him just kind of have, like, his coming out party as a as a quarterback, as QB1. And so I'm looking forward to something like that. A team like Northwestern, man, that is the perfect opportunity to beat up on them and get some confidence moving forward. You know, Brevin Span Forrest has some drops uh, that are just inexplicable for a guy who's hoping to be an NFL talent. Like, I, I need to see some explosion, not just from the run game for um, the Gophers this weekend. And I think this would be a good opportunity to do it. Julia. Yeah, I mean, I think we're all on the same page here. Should be an easy win on Saturday. Northwestern is 2-19 and in the past 21 games. So their last Power 5 win was in their season opener against a very sad Nebraska team last year. Um, so I would say for sure Darius Taylor. I mean, let him gain confidence, continue to gain confidence and momentum. Um, run game looks great, right? Uh, I always just think back, like Reggie said, it's kind of been a snooze fest these past few games. Um, I think back to college when one of my best guy friends was on the football team and every week we would say, so who do you think is going to win on Saturday? And he would always look at us and he'd go, well, guys, I reckon it's whoever puts the most points on the board. <laughs> and it's so stupid, right? But the, the Gophers have four touchdowns in three games and, and, Northwestern less than that it'll just be who finds end zone most I think this like Reggie said is the perfect time to really test out Ethan Calliak-Manis's arm um and also that's that's another reason why we haven't seen a lot of Brevin too is that they've been relying on the run game so much as well especially these, these past two games so um more explosive plays too they're one of two teams in the FBS that doesn't have a 30-yard gain uh, so I would like to see that. I think PJ said earlier this week, he went from an explosive play, the definition of an explosive play being 20 yards to 25 yards this week, because he's really trying to motivate his guys to go for yardage, um, on each down. So I think those are some things that maybe, and hopefully we can look out for this weekend. 
Yeah, well, I mean, we know the Gophers, you look at third down. Joe Rossi has always hung his hat on third down. They went up against one of the top five teams in the country for third down conversions in North Carolina, which is why they are currently giving up 52% of their third down conversions on defense and offense, respectively, only converting 45%. That's not a recipe for a win. That's a recipe for what we saw last Saturday, which you stick around, you stick around, eventually it's going to bite you in the butt. And as Julia said, yeah, if the Gophers can score more points than Northwestern, hopefully 12, because the line is 11.5, <laughs> they will win. And I think that's the key. We want them to win, but we also want you guys to be happy about your bets because 11.5 is a hefty one. I feel like a lot of people are going to bet Northwestern and that the Gophers won't cover, but the Gophers will win uh, because my feeling is going to be probably a six-point game. But hopefully this is one of those P.J. Fleck moments where we're like this is what this gopher teams can be in dominant and if there's any time to throw a fade to brevin span forward it's this weekend because their linebackers and their corners are not big and they're not fast and brevin is big so why not try it but like pj said we're waiting for brevin to do it so but i'm ron johnson that's julia daniels that's sam ekstrom that's reggie wilson from care 11 julia's from care 11 as well this has been the friday football sorry the friday round table not just football we cover all sports uh, I want everybody to know, too, you can uh, download and like, subscribe on Amazon Fire. You can get the Roku device. You can get uh, Spotify, iTunes, any device you use, YouTube. Please go on YouTube. You just need an email address to subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota. You can get the football party four days a week, the Ron Johnson Show, and then, of course, the roundtable. And, again, the postcast. After every Gophers and Vikings games, we will have a postgame show. They've been great the last three weeks. Make sure you check this one out because Northwestern is definitely going to lose, hopefully. And we should have a nice post-game show. <laughs> if they win, it's going to be sad. I'm going to be drinking. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to have a cigar, and I'm just going to drink on the post-game show because I'm sad. Like, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, but not too much because i got to wake up and do the uh, Vikings pregame show uh, before the Vikings take on the Chargers. Uh, I want you guys to have a great weekend. Enjoy responsibly. Don't be sad.